0: DOT being the one who instilled this and having so much time, I mean they've been working on pushing ELD since what in the 80s. I'm surprised that there was not more diligence done from their standpoint when they issued this. It'd be like taking some vendor from out of the blue and having put up stoplights everywhere when the when the colors are like red, white, and blue instead of you know red, red yellow, and green. It just it All just right. felt like it, they they kind of threw us to the wolves on it to to make this mandate happen.
1: I'm Todd Dills, this is the Overdrive Radio Podcast, and that was owner-operator John Hoes of Texas, also with a home in North Arkansas, which you heard up top. The Independent got his own authority within the last year and came to our attention when he shared his story about being put out of service with a false log violation in Missouri early early in June, as his 120 ELD was giving him problems en route a couple weeks prior to the company stopping support for their device on June 18th. With little support available by then, Hose says, and ongoing issues with inexplicable automatic duty status changes, he can't explain to this day. Hose's story is one of difficulty, generally, as a direct result of selection of an ELD provider. I don't know a lot at this point about what happened to 120 and its FELD other than what the company and some others have, been, have said about existing investors having pulled funding support as 120 consolidated under another name But Hose's tale about his use of the device reveals how inspectors and state patrol personnel are handling in-route malfunctions, and how you can be prepared for one should it happen to you. Having the right equipment on board to be able to access logs from your back-end administrative account if you're an independent owner-operator, and or having the right support people in place, whether it be a partner carrier if you're leased or the ELD provider themselves, as a general rule, is key and have that paper log handy for a backup. Hose gets to the inspection that put him out of service several minutes into the talk here, which started on his history in the trucking business, having run and passed in the oil field and as both a company driver and lease op at various points multifaceted career, now with his own authority.
0: The trucking industry, it's uh, I didn't really pick it, it picked me. And uh, i say that because um, at one point in time, I really didn't, uh, I wasn't really fond of, of becoming, I, I had no interest in becoming a, uh, an over the road trucker or, or anything of that nature.
2: Right. And, uh, but I'd
0: always been exposed to it. I, I didn't come from a family of truckers. I didn't come from, uh, generations of truckers. Actually, my grandfather was a tugboat operator on the Mississippi river. Um, okay. but, um, for me, it was, uh, I've always been in the, uh, industry where it was relative to dot and i say that because uh i think about the i'm going to go back as far as i can really remember (laughs) i was about 30 um let's see i uh i was working for a a very large corporate company at the time and worked there for many years and i was a director of operations which i oversaw most of the production fleet the trucks the hiring the, the firing of the production people i was basically the head of operations and uh okay. so i was involved somewhere along the line with dot but um as i moved into uh i think it was about 2005 i had uh went to work in the oil field um and uh went to work for a large company which required some cdl requirements and so forth like that and uh Mm-hmm. i started in, started into the industry there it wasn't ot you know it wasn't long haul it was mostly oil field right. work which is uh, kind of how i got entered into the whole the whole beast itself but um i was you know had all the endorsements i was you know all the way up to hazmat da, 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 da. and um
2: all
0: right from there i basically uh got left i stayed in the oil field but i i kind of Transitioned from being actually a, a hand on location to more of the transportation of equipment and things like that. Moved into that nature because it just made more sense to me, work and pay-wise. And um, the area that I was in at the time, uh, it didn't have a lot. It wasn't good for the job market, and uh, I'd moved there to kind of care for my grandparents before they passed, uh, giving them the best help that I could. And unfortunately, that was basically Thankfully, the oil field was there, and it. Uh, and it did what it did mm-hmm. for me, um, and it came and went like they always do. And you know, my dad worked for Halliburton for 25 years, and I swore I'd never do that either. Well, <laughs> I had my CDL, I had, uh, you know, the credentials. You know, I, I did a lot of truck driving. Um, I did mostly regional or, or local, but uh, you know, I started moving into where I started doing long haul runs, uh, and I, I I did them here and there, and I wasn't really you know full scale into it, but I was moving some equipment for uh, a large company and uh, I started to get my taste of things there now, when the old business kind of bottomed out where I was at uh, I had taken some time off and uh, i was I had been injured in a motorcycle accident and uh, I took some time off while I was disabled and basically uh, went back to school and picked me up a degree in um in i t and was looking at uh, a nine to fiber, you know, starting yeah. out 50, 50 80, hundred grand a year. I was going into network security, which was real promising. Um, and then off to data science with a master's degree. But uh, after I'd been in the school for a couple of years, it, I found that uh, this was not, this was something I should have done long ago and it wasn't where I needed to be now. And, um, my desire is not to have lots of money or anything. It was more to be happy with what I was doing, feeling content. And um, and so from there, I basically, you know, uh, was doing some long haul runs. I uh, went and did some project management work um, where I was um, basically doing a lot of hands on moving equipment. So I had the experience of tri- driving. I uh, started out flatbed um, and tanker, I um, was moving a lot of equipment there. Um, basically, I was working there in Houston and uh, as a project manager where I had two hats where I basically was a project manager slash expense cutter by this equipment for these folks while they had these construction projects going on. But I was moving equipment through a five-state area there and um, really started getting more in the trucking side of it even deeper. Um, and uh just found for some reason, uh, uh, you know, uh, my my now wife, she was living in Florida at the time, and we had discussed about uh taking off and just kind of seeing the world for a while. And so, I had this great idea that I said, You know what? I've, I've been into – I've been had my taste of trucking. I said, it's, it's, it's a good deal, they're offering great pay right now. I said, We both could go get on a truck, uh, go to work for a company, and we could tour the whole United States and see every aspect that we ever could. And we took about a year and a half, and we drove the United States and uh, and uh, did really well. I mean, um. Worked very hard.
2: And,
0: uh, as, yeah, actually, as a team. Yeah. No, she uh, I was by myself, but uh, she rode along the whole time. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, cool. And then from there, it led to our marriage. So fucking trucking brought me some good things.
2: And you, uh, I guess you, you were working for, you were working as a company driver while doing this? Or? Yes. And uh, does that then lead into where you are today, having gotten your authority, I guess, about six, seven months ago?
0: there was a part of the story I kind of left out because I really don't like kind of rehashing it, but, uh, I kind of stepped away from trucking for a few years before I came and did the, the over the road with my walk. Um, I had, I was a nighttime truck supervisor for a oil company where we had lost an employee. And, uh, uh, that night when, uh, he had passed, I was there on site and, uh, was there when it hurt, you know, was with him through all the last moments and it, it really stuck with me and what happened to him. And so I kind of took a step away from trucking for a while because of that issue. But, uh, okay. You know, he was in, he
2: was in an accident on, on the road. Yes.
0: Yeah. It's not mm-hmm. nothing that, uh, <clears throat> I
2: would
0: wish anybody to experience, but, um, you know, it, mm-hmm. it kind of dampened my spirits with the situation, but, uh, you know, that took me out, but the you know, love for my wife brought me back in, and we you know we, that that year that we were to get uh, it's probably i said uh, two thousand sixteen I believe at this time and um okay. that year that year i mean I basically was only home nine days out of the year, so um we turned some pretty good miles that year um did a lot of good work for that company, and basically from there they just uh they they promote, went into lease i and uh, i know everybody's heard the horror stories about it um you know i learned everything the hard way i really did um i don't regret any bad thing that ever happened to me in trucking um where i was taken advantage of or felt like you know something like that had happened because i looked at every every bad experience as a positive one meaning that uh the good lord above put me in a place for a reason to 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 learn these things, and I learned them very rapidly. Such as, you know, only, <laughs> oh, wow. uh, let's see. Well, you know the uh, I, I don't know. You know, people are familiar with the old rule: you don't lease on with a company who leases trucks. That is yeah. true <laughs> in most in most situations. Um, I went uh, many a times with negative paychecks, and when I speak many a times, I I mean that wow. extensively. I mean, I had negative twenty-two hundred dollar paycheck on Christmas. You know, I've been forgotten by my dispatch and left in a parking lot with no load on Christmas. I've been, you know, I, I think any any anything that I heard out there in the trucking industry that I thought was maybe a rumor or just stories that was couldn't be true. I have to say it. It honestly had uh, happened to me at some point in time. I've been abandoned on the side of the road. I didn't even think that was legal. <laughs> But I had a company abandon me and my wife on the side of the road one time and um i've i've seen some some very devious tricks done from the inside i've been i've had loads where i was double brokered double booked um you know i've seen all kinds of things out here it's a it's a very rough rough business and um it 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 does put a kind of a bad taste in my mouth but like i said what i what i do and the way I've been able to do this is everything that has ever happened to me, I've always looked at it. For some reason, the higher power was teaching me a lesson that I needed to learn. And that lesson, those lessons, because it happened so much and so much that I'd encountered over that period of time that I had come to realize that that was for a purpose. And, you know, here I sit today, owner operator, you know, own my own company. Um, You know, I, I, I see why, I see why I went through what I went through and uh, it makes sense to me. It doesn't tell much to my family sometimes, but it does to me. The company that I used to work for, um, a very reputable company, 600, 700 trucks, pictures of all the drivers on the walls. The recruiter was a uh, wife of a husband who drove. I mean, it was very deep-seated, and it was, uh, you know, it was, um, yeah. looking at that company, you know, you would think that's be proud to work for. That's a company I would love to work for. But somewhere along the way in this industry, things have changed and that, you know, a lot of people started to say, it was, you know, back during the you know deregulation and things like that. I don't know, you know, it's all, you know, hearsay to me, but uh, there has to be a way to do this business and be profitable without doing some of the things that I've seen done. And um, it, it, it kind of makes me a little sad because I have literally walked into a facility to purchase a truck and seen a hundred guys with their families, kids. I mean, their kids were there to buy trucks that were being leased to them for a quarter of a million dollars, but they were signing away their lives on this paperwork like it was nothing. And you go out and they pick their trucks out and they go through this revolving door. I just see what happens to the American truck driver today and it really, really just disheartens me a lot. I mean, these are the people that are out here bringing us food, clothing, and and it just they're treated so badly. And so for me, moving through that process, I found that the only way that I was ever going to eliminate as much as 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 possible was to eliminate those factors. And so that's what really drove me to get to where I am today. Now, um, it is, I get my line haul pay, and I swear it's like piranhas. It's like having a big old piece of meat, and I'm dealing with piranhas. <laughs> from every everything, from anything you can possibly think of, there's a fee, a charge, a a surcharge, uh, uh, something, and where I'm at in my, with what I do is, is, I'm at a point right now where I'm, I'm trying to control the cost because that cost is what can bury a lot of owner ops and get them in a lot of trouble, and uh, you know I'm trying to sure. do my damnedest to manage it down. So it's a tough business.
1: That principal consideration of cost control and minimization is what drove John Hose to the 120FELD as a provider in advance of the ELOG mandate. It was, to my knowledge, the least expensive ELD out there without an ongoing monthly fee. Hoes actually transitioned to using the ELD well ahead of the December 18th, 2017 compliance date, hoping it would be a viable long-term solution, as he explains here.
0: Uh, I been, I've been running on that 120 for since November of last year. Uh, yeah, I've been I've been familiar with logs and paper logs, and electronic logs, all all the logs you can. Match. I'd already been using them. Uh, people's nets, fall yeah. comps. You know, I'd used them all, and so I'm familiar with the system. I really am. Uh, and so, it, you know, going to 120, you know, that was one of my objectives. Was was I, I? When you come out the gate and you're dealing with your own pockets and no one else's. You know, you've really yeah. got to manage your expenses really well. And uh, subscription costs, ACH holdings, lease agreements where they want to take your money out of your bank account, or anything, load boards, any, anything that can be can be drawn from your bank account, fuel cards, things like that. You got to stay away from as much as possible because uh,
2: right.
0: it, it'll chew, it'll chew you up. You're basically giving somebody open access to get into your bank account. <laughs> so. Yeah, I was trying to avoid the subscriptions, do a one-time fee, and that was what was really that lured me there. Plus, plus their attitude. Uh, One twenty, I was really fond of because they were they carried an attitude of really trying to help the owner-operator, the independents. That was their focus, their main focus. And uh, I, I'm I'm a big supporter of the underdog, should we say? Um,
2: How did the um, the the experience of of that device go over the months? leading into uh, its uh, its demise, as it were, uh, just about a month or so ago here?
0: Well, you know, I told you, I have an IT, IT degree. I, you know, I've got some background in computers, so I'm no stranger yeah. to the range, you know? So I can only imagine what, what would have been for an owner-operator who's, you know, from the generation that wasn't allowed to have calculators in class. So um, I personally could not decipher what exactly was wrong most a large portion of the time with my ELD uh, meaning that uh, you know if I had unauthorized time things like that that that's stuff that you know I knew that you needed to fix things needed to be done but for my ELD to connect to the truck not connect to the truck was connected connect to the truck but it ain't now these connection issues and things like that even though it's showing up on my dev- devices that they're connected Something wasn't jiving. I mean, I went all the way to yeah. changing the speed sensor in my Volvo. <laughs> I changed it thinking maybe it had something to do with it, you know, and I thought maybe there was some truck issues with the ELD, you know, I, I didn't know. And so, you know, I the, the biggest red flag that first started it off is I would contacted them to, uh, to get access to my logs, to, you know, do whatever edits or whatever changes and make sure that that was all up to par. And – uh when i called in, um, you know, I spoke to the girl. I said I can't see my logs, and she was like, "Well, you know," she goes, "What kind of device are you using?" And I said, "Well, I'm on Apple products. I mean, every our whole office was, I'd geared up with Apple products for mobility and, um, you know, dependability, reliability, and, and uh, it just," uh, it, she told me, "it wasn't it wasn't visible on Apple products," and so that put me really pretty much stuck. Yeah. Dragging out an old Intel Pentium uh, laptop and working from it, but uh, You know that was the big first big red flag was compatibility issues and uh, being able to see what I needed to do um, Along with really actually making sense of what was going wrong um,
2: I've, I've seen the log uh, from the day that uh, you were put out of service. I was wondering if you could set set that uh, that day up
0: for me well, I'd a uh, I brought a load up from Texas into Missouri and i it was an eight and a half hour, nine hour drive from uh there in North Texas to uh, uh Missouri and I brought the load in and um I dropped it off and um at that point I was pretty much uh I was pretty much done for the day. I I have a place there in northern Arkansas so um a lot of times you know i'll, I'll i stay there i like the country it's my piece but um i came down from uh missouri out of out of uh springfield i believe i was coming from springfield and um passed by a dot officer that was sitting in the median and i was in the actually the hammer lane, and uh he saw me drive by well um they were out pretty i think this is the first day of the blitz actually is is what it was and uh so I went on down the road, started of heading towards Springfield, I believe. And he came up from behind me and pulled me over, of course, and, uh, you know, you know, pulled me over to the side of the road and said, you know, he told me the reason why he pulled me over. and That was justifiable. I, you know, I had some issues with that.
1: Hose's Volvo's registration
0: was out of date. He wanted to take a look at my logs, you know, his first day of the, the Blitz. And I even mentioned to him, I was like, know, uh, I said, you guys are getting ready on the you know, this first day of the Blitz. I said, you guys are ready to get out and know, hammering. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about he goes i do this every day and i was like, <laughs> I, was like I was like okay okay I, I believe you i believe you do but um you know he was uh you know he, he he had a very i don't know a very how i can really describe it he had a a very just a, a direct command about him to where he, he had sure he had no sympathy to whatever what could be possibly wrong with me but he came up and asked me a bunch of questions things like that and did his routine stop and said he's going to do a level three then He on the way back to the truck after i showed him my log and um when i showed him my log, uh i had just came off duty for about seven seven days i'd been off the whole week prior so i was coming back on duty and uh on this one load so there was not a whole lot of history in the in the driving records right there for him to see and so when he looked at that mm. first log he had no he went through there and really instead of looking at what was the problem he basically just noticed that, that that it wasn't connected which i wasn't even really aware of at the moment i mean i can't just you know i was it's there on the truck when i'm driving down the road like, you know it, it, there was no way to decipher whether it was connected or not on the clock yeah i mean you can be all hooked up everything's just like it always is but it would you know certain times it shows the driver made the off-duty or duty status change and then sometimes it would show the the truck would do it but it doesn't it would not show that it was it was not showing that it was connected and I, I don't understand why because I mean I hadn't there was no reason for me to you know not so once he discovered that I wasn't connected to the to the truck he ba- he just basically ran with it I mean that was all it took for him to set that that, that dog out on hunt so um he came he basically mm-hmm. told me he he went he went to his car and I guess he maybe called did something I don't know what he did checked checked out some of the stuff I was doing or whatever, because he kept repeating something to me that I've heard in other GOT, from other DOT officers, and I'm not sure why I keep hearing the same thing over again. It's just that they keep saying, well, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't add up. There's no way you can do that. I keep hearing that same phrase over and again. I'm trying to explain to him. I said, "There's it's a, it's a nine-hour drive from North Texas to, to Java. I said, there's no reason why I can't do that. Why do you not think that I can't do it? You know, and he just right. kept shooting holes in it. And so he basically just came back and you know, said, you know what? He says, you're not connected to the log. It's a false log. because I'm going to put you out of service for 10 hours. And uh, I said, told me to go down the road, park somewhere, and, and take a break. And so even though I was a few hours from the house, I just drove down to the next few exits and, and there was no truck stop in the area. So I stayed in the really? church parking lot and did the 10-hour break and then got up and headed home.
2: So when you when you were when you were stopped, um your your ELD shows you as uh, on personal conveyance. Was that yes. um was that is was that what you intended to be on?
0: Yes. Yeah, and I was headed south on uh south of I think I was coming into Springfield or maybe past Springfield, but I was coming I was headed south towards
2: Arkansas to the house. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, so you were on you did intend to be on personal conveyance and I just asked that because I was looking at the I was looking at the log today, and yeah, there are there are some issues there for sure. Like you change, you can see it on there where you change to personal conveyance, and um, and but then there's a, a series of system of changes where the the law. It seems like the, the ELD is making change other changes itself, and it 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 puts you off puts you back on duty for a little while, and then it and then it, it seems to have a, a, a diagnostic event where it's, there's some kind of a malfunction going on, and then it, then it eventually goes back to personal conveyance, But but uh, it's, it's, uh, it's it's a strange uh, set of little uh, duty status changes, and what, that yeah, it's hard to hard to uh, describe or hard to understand uh, for sure right. as, as you described earlier. Yeah,
0: I can't put words. Words onto what exactly that was. I mean, I look at the log myself, and I didn't even know at the time when he pulled me over that that diagnostic issue that had even happened. You know, because once you start right. the log, you're going to the road, you don't really have time to go. I mean, you can't be playing with your ELT in your hand or with your hands when you're driving. So um, I thought that was odd. When I went back to look at that log, I did see that in there. and it, uh, it did raise a red flag to myself because once again, there's another situation where. I can't put words on why the log wasn't working. So you're right, yeah, I don't don't
1: know. I spoke with Lieutenant Kevin Kelly of the Missouri State Police about cases like hoses, where a malfunction like this results in a violation and the operator has no easy ability to determine that a malfunction is in fact occurring before a stop. As with other violation cases we've covered, the the operator's only recourse is the data queues process to prove the malfunction and potentially remove the violation if not granted some leniency at the roadside. Kelly notes that the, quote, false log violation here is the correct violation if the driver's log, in fact, doesn't accurately represent his day. And he acknowledges that officers are sometimes limited in their ability to determine the reality of malfunctions at the roadside, just like owner-operator John Hose himself. Without a laptop at roadside to get into his back-end administrative account, Hose was limited in anything he could have done in the moment to better analyze the log and truly figure out what was happening. On Cube's challenges, Lt. Kelly noted he's looking he's looking for verification from ELD makers to prove those too, which in this case, given 120's FELDC support on June 18th, just isn't going to be possible. Sometimes, uh, sometimes that verification comes in the form of a letter. Uh, the day cues reviewers in Missouri have received direct phone calls from ELD makers, too, about malfunction, which could be a possibility at roadside if you're working with an ELD company who has truly robust, quickly responsive customer support. As for owner-operator John Hose, his problems that day with incorrect system-initiated duty status changes had already begun before he went to personal conveyance toward his home in Arkansas.
0: There was an error in the log, I believe, from that morning, early morning, it didn't yeah, it says you're on
2: duty all night. Were you on, were you supposed were you actually on uh, duty all night? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, yeah, no, no. Yeah.
0: no, that was there was an error in there, and the only way I had to, the way I could edit it is that, you know I have to go back to my office and then I have to go through and, and, and administer it when you're you on or off. You, you know, you yeah. edit your own log. I have to go yeah. back to. The, I can't really do it remotely as much as you know I'd like to, but um, I guess I could, but. Um,
2: Right, but the device could theoretically but you didn't you didn't have the yeah you didn't have the equipment with you to be able to do it no huh right no yeah i see that yeah it's like uh it puts you yeah you're off duty at midnight and it puts you on duty at uh 22 seconds later i have no confidence in this thing yeah <laughs> <laughs> tell me uh, I I'm you. Saying. you don't <laughs> either you don't either obviously
0: <laughs> no i don't Uh-oh.
2: Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I get you know, and they always say like, I guess had you known about the, the issues you were having, um, like could could you not, could you not tell when you started up that day that you, that that the system had put you on duty for six hours yes. while you were basically sleeping? Yeah, right. I knew I had an error in my log that I was going to have. You just couldn't fix back. it. You couldn't. Yeah, just you no. just couldn't fix it easily there. Yeah. Okay. Um, when you have a malfunction like that, I think. That you ha- ought to have the ability, that you do have the ability in the regulations to, to do other things to account, to to correct for. Like, so you go to a paper log, or right. you you know you 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 contact the ELD provider, you tell them you need you need them to rectify this by sending you a new device or or uh, helping fix the problems. But so then you immediately go to a paper log. Obviously, you didn't do that. Uh so the the officer at that point is like you know, basically he falls back on well.
0: He had the green flag and he was gone. I was like wow.
2: <laughs> right.
0: Right. But uh you know that's 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 the whole dilemma, you know, is that you, you don't have they threw this this, this, this thing on us it. for your one owner, operator, guys, or even four or five if you're if you're in a truck driving, it that whole technology thrown pushed in there, I couldn't imagine what it would be like for a, like I said, a 60-year-old, 70-year-old man, or a 50-year-old guy, or shit, me, 40, but um, you know, it's just really challenging, and you know, I kind of question the, the, the rules, because part of the regulations say that if it goes down, you're supposed to go, you can go to immediately using your paper log. Well, my question mm-hmm. is, can I go, I don't know if I've got an answer to this yet, but uh, I've been questioning whether or not, can I just use another e-l-d does it have to be a payroll can i switch over can i switch over to big road or somebody else or you know for that
2: you know i suspect that you could yeah i mean as long as you've got access to your previous history you know your previous seven days or whatever that you have to have um, right i suppose you could go immediately to something else Uh, which which brings me to the whole notion of so but it sounds like uh, the change was not an unwelcome one uh, for you other than the fact that you have, you're going to have to pay a little more long-term for it. That sounds like, I I think you went over to big road. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Has that been working better?
0: Yes. Yes. A lot. I mean, it's, it's like night and day in a lot of aspects. I mean, there's some things about it that are are quite different. um, But so far I've, I have little or no issues with uh, my truck duty status changing, which was a big yeah. problem with 120. I mean, your that thing would start or stop at times, and you wouldn't even know whether it was. I literally had to watch that thing when I was off duty to make sure it didn't go on duty, or if I moved the truck in a certain way. Cause, I mean, you, I was I used to like the five, five mile an hour limit yard moves, you know. But
2: you know, yeah. there was times
0: I turn my key forward, and it would literally kick it on to driving. I've had all kinds of weird things happen. You know, and uh, so um, it becomes at the point in time that the officer pulled me over, I was already at my last straw with 120 that if anybody threw anything more onto my pile of burden that I had with them, then it literally uh, I I surrendered it. I had a white flag and I was waving it, you know. So when he gave me that that out of service, yeah, I was disappointed. Yeah, kept me from going home, things like that. But, you know, I was just so done. At that moment with the that eld that i thought if any other ones were going to be like this i'm going to be very disheartened but you know i've used big road before so i've been familiar and big road had never given me any problems and i love that system and uh thankfully the guys over at uh, the uh my other trucking association uh small truck you know small business trucking company they that association they uh they helped me get into the big road thing back into it so that's kind of how this i can be mm-hmm. there
1: that's NASTIC, N-A-S-T-C, or the National Association of Small Trucking Companies that owner-operator Hose is talking about. On the subject of ELD malfunctions, the federal regs do specify a process for just how to deal with that when it happens. You can find more about that in the links to the regs themselves in a story about the new central email FMCSA set up for carriers and owner-ops to use to request more time beyond the eight days allowed to repair or replace a malfunctioning ELD during this time you'd be using paper logs or something else. Search, quote, replace a malfunctioning ELD, end quote, at overdriveonline.com for more on that subject. Unfortunately, as you can guess by now, if the malfunction happens in rude, you'll risk a violation if you don't have the ability to fully explain what's happening to the officer. Has something like this happened to you? How did you deal with it? Weigh in via our podcast line at 530-408-6423. Make sure you state your name and location with any message. Stay safe out there.